0: Welcome to the Gregory Diggout podcast. I want to show you five ways to build yourself up, five ways to build yourself up, he says, building yourselves up. So why is this so important? Because, folks, listen, life is tough sometimes and life tries to tear you down and the devil tries to tear you down and our mistakes try to tear us down and Our own self hatred sometimes tries to tear us down. Our own fears try to tear us down. Our own anxieties try to tear us down. Uh, People try to tear us down. Uh, Our worst enemy inside of ourselves sometimes our own emotions uh, tries to tear us down. You know, your emotions, they can rip you apart. You realize that, right, that your emotions like if you let anger control you Anger will tear you down. It will tear down your relationships. It will tear down your um, health. It will tear down your outlook on life. It'll tear down your ability to have proper perspective about things. It'll tear down your faith, you see. uh, So what we have to do is we have to learn and recognize that life is trying to tear us down. And sometimes our own soul or the enemy within us and I don't mean the devil within us, I just mean the enemy of our own uh, unchecked emotions, our unchecked thoughts is trying to tear us down. And so naturally, if these things are trying to tear us down, we got to learn how to build ourselves up. This is a very powerful concept that we should get a hold of. And and you're capable of so much, but you have to believe that and you have to build yourself up and you have to be encouraged because life will try to discourage you. Well, before we go any further, let me remind you and give you a, a, a example of of how somebody did this in First Samuel, Chapter 30. We have an example of of David in First Samuel, Chapter 30, who encountered life tearing him down. It starts in in Chapter 30, verse one. It happened when David and his men came to Ziklag, which was their hometown that um, on the third day that the Amalekites had made a raid on the Negev and on Ziklag and had overthrown Ziklag and burned it with fire. Now, now your city is burned down, that's tearing, that's being torn down uh, financially. That's being torn down uh, in, in your morale. And then your your wives and your sons and daughters taken captive, that's being torn down. That's having uh, life tear down your relationships, tear down your hope and tear down uh, everything that you that you thought you were there to protect and to have that to have that taken from you. That that is such devastation. You can understand the discouragement that they must have felt. And it says in verse four, then David and the people who were with him lifted their voices and wept until there was no strength in them left to weep. Can you imagine being at a place? Have you ever We have all been at a place where we where we've wept over something, where we've wept over some sort of loss, some sort of confusion, some sort of attack against us. But they wept so much that they had no more strength left to weep. Can you imagine that level of discouragement, that level of of disappointment, that level of devastation? And it says in verse five, now David's two wives had been taken captive and verse six. Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. The people spoke of stoning him for all the people were embittered. Now, you understand that the people that spoke of stoning him were not the Amalekites that had burned their city with fire and taken their wives and their children captive. The people that spoke of stoning David were his own people. It was his own men. When your own men have now turned on you, you can imagine, because sometimes, folks, you'll be in a situation where you don't have people around you that can encourage you. You have to encourage yourself and you're not going to get that from social media. You don't need to look to social media for your encouragement, for the block, you know, the purple block letters of people's you know, Facebook posts and the, you know that oh, you're going to make it today. You need real encouragement. It's not going to come by looking at somebody's post. That is some generic uh, half hearted attempt to bring encouragement to the world around them. Uh, it's not it's 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 you can learn from you can benefit from it, but you're going to have to you have to possess Something you you do possess something inside of you that has the ability to encourage yourself. And that's exactly what it says. Look at what it says. If you go back first, I got to say this. So when you go to verse six and it says and David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. So now he's got everything that's taken from him. And then the, his own men are thinking about stoning him to death. And David, it says, but David, but David everybody say, but David. Oh, there's some powerful words right there. But David strengthened himself. He what he strengthened himself. He was completely out of strength. So what did he do? He couldn't look to his wife. He couldn't look to his children. He couldn't look to his city. He couldn't look to his man cave. He couldn't look to his, you know, his his house where he found solace and where he found peace. He couldn't look to his own soldiers. He couldn't work to his he couldn't look to his own army that was behind him and his own army. That was that he had developed. He had raised up. They had all come from debt, distress and discontentment. And they were all bitter people. And he raised them up and made them warriors and made them great soldiers and made them lion killers and giant killers. And one of them killed a killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. Another one killed three hundred men at one time, guarding a patch of peas. I mean, these were mighty warriors that David had developed and poured into and raised up. And that's what you are. You're mighty warriors. And I'm helping you to become the kind of person that can that can rip lions in half and jump in a pit on a snowy day, which is often there are often pits in snowy days around here. And you need to be able to go into that pit on a snowy day and kill whatever lion is in there that jumps into your life and tries to bring you down. But my point is, is that these were great men, but he couldn't look to them. So what did he do? He strengthened himself. And if you look at the the King James version of this verse, the King James version is a powerful version of verse six, where it says, and David encouraged himself. David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. He encouraged himself. He grabbed the courage himself. He built himself up. In his time of need, and no matter how out of strength you are, how out of friends you are, how out of time you are, you can build yourself up. If David could do it, you can do it. All right. So what are these ways to build yourself up? Number one, we need to love ourselves because love builds us up. I want to show you the scripture for that. In First Corinthians, chapter eight, knowledge puffs you up, but love builds you up. So just to God doesn't want you to be a, a big puff. You know what, what's a puff? A puff, it's like a cream puff. It's just a cream puff. It has cream on the outside, but it's just full of air on the inside. There's no uh, there, there's, there, there's no nutritional value in a cream puff. There's no strength that it's going to give you. There's no protein that it's going to give you. There's no energy that it's going to give you. There's no nutrition that it's going to give you. Knowledge is good. It's good to have knowledge. But if all you have is knowledge, all it will do is puff you up. So you have you have icing on the top of your life because you have knowledge. But the thing that will build you up from within is love. So he says love builds up, love builds up, love builds up. And that's why the first thing that I want to encourage you to do to build yourself up is to love yourself. You got to learn to love yourself. Now, God loves you, but when you're down, people aren't always going to come around and say, I really love you and I really there for you. And and some people may say that. And some of them may even mean it. Most won't mean it. (laughs) Because it's not enough for somebody to say, hey, you're going to make it and, you know, I really love you because no one can love you in the deficit of your own love. No one can love you to the degree of where there's a deficiency of of I don't want to I, I don't like this term self love because I don't want it to sound selfish, but to love yourself is what Jesus said to do. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So clearly he was instructing us to love ourselves and that to that degree that we love ourselves is the reflex degree in which we will love others. Love your neighbor as yourself. He was telling us that it's a it's a there's a connection there. there is a, a, a cause and effect. When you love yourself, that's the cause. The effect will be that you will love others when you don't love others. You might think, well, that person doesn't love others. They just love themselves. They don't love others. No. If a person doesn't love others, it's because they don't love themselves. It's not because they do love themselves. They may be selfish, but selfish is not the same as loving yourself. It's a complete opposite. Loving yourself doesn't mean that you have to be selfish and self centered and self absorbed It means that you have to value yourself. You have to understand your own worth. You have to understand how God looks at you. You have to understand that God is with you, that God is for you, that he's on your side because he loves you, that he turns the curse into a blessing because he loves you, that he opens doors that no man can close because he loves you. He sent Jesus because he loves you. He paid the price for you because he loves you. So you got to start loving yourself because you will not feel built up, you will not be built up unless you build yourself up in love. Love builds up, he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter eight, verse one. Love builds up, love builds up, love builds up. The second thing that builds you up. Is forgiving yourself. So when you're discouraged, when you're beaten down, when you feel defeated, when you feel like you failed, the thing to do in those moments is not to keep whipping yourself. It's not to keep beating yourself. It's not to do what I had to do as a kid thinking you got to say enough prayers and do enough Hail Marys and do enough uh, our fathers and 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 confess enough and 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 beat yourself up and feel bad. You know, we used to be told religion told us you need to really feel bad about what you did so you won't do it again. You know what? I've never met anybody that is able to stop doing something wrong because they feel bad about it. I've never met anybody that feeling bad was the secret to them overcoming something. Feeling bad just beats you up and makes you condemned. You already know what you did was wrong, but you don't need to feel bad the rest of your life about it. And you don't need to you don't need to feel bad long enough to earn forgiveness. Forgiveness is a gift. That's why it's called forgiveness. The middle part of the word is give. It's a gift. So, you need to forgive yourself. When you blow it, when you fail, when David needed to forgive himself, he needed to love himself and take the time to talk to God and deal with this situation and build himself up. He needed to forgive himself for causing his his city to get burned. What if he couldn't forgive himself? He would have just he would have just been paralyzed by guilt. He would have been paralyzed by condemnation. Have you ever felt like you can't move? You feel paralyzed. You feel like you just can't go forward because you feel so bad about what you did. What do you do about that? Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself five ways to build yourself up. OK, so now you know how to forgive yourself. Number three. So number one, love yourself. That's the power of love. Number two, forgive yourself. That's the power of forgiveness. Number three, talk to yourself. That's the power of words. This is how you build yourself up. This is how you encourage yourself. You have to talk to yourself. The woman. I don't have time to get, go into the all the scriptures here. But the woman in Mark five, she said, if I just touch his garment, I'll be made. Well, what was she doing? She was talking to herself. And in fact, the Bible says she kept saying to herself, if I just touch his garment, I'll be made well. We need to talk to our situation. What, do we, what does the Bible say? Speak to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. See, this is how you build yourself up is one of the ways is you, you use you use the power of your words that we, we've been given the ability to talk to ourselves If I just touch his garment, we've been given the ability to talk to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. We've been given the ability to talk to the Lord and pouring out our heart to him and saying, Lord, I'm discouraged, but I'm talking to you now and I'm using the power of my words to 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 speak to you. Uh, I need your help, Lord. I come to your throne of grace to find mercy and to find grace to help in my time of need. That's the power of your words. And also so let me let me break it down this way. The power of your words includes talking to yourself, talking to the situation, talking to the Lord and talking to the enemy. Jesus did that. He said, Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. We ought to have a few more of those coming out of our mouth. Get behind me, Satan. There ought to be a more a few more. I rebuke you, devil. I I command you to shut up and be gone in Jesus name. There ought to be more of that coming out of our mouth. We have to tap into the power of our words. That's how we build ourselves up. We build ourselves up through the love, through loving ourselves, the power of love, forgiving ourselves, the power of forgiveness, talking to ourselves, the power of our words and talking to the devil, talking, telling the devil be gone. The fourth way to build yourself up is praying in tongues, praying in tongues. This is a beautiful precious gift. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit in First Corinthians, Chapter 12. And speaking in tongues is one of them. But it's not just one of the gifts of the spirit. It's one of the gifts from the spirit to every believer who wants it. The Bible, Jesus said in Mark 16, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll pick up serpents, meaning They'll put away serpents is what it means. They'll if they drink any deadly poison, it won't hurt them and they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And one of the things he says there is they will speak with new tongues. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to learn you're going to all of a sudden be able to speak German or you're going to all of a sudden be able to speak Spanish or you're all of a sudden going to be able to speak French. He's talking about speaking in tongues, which is a heavenly language that for, I want you to see this in First Corinthians 14, verse one. First Corinthians 14, verse one, he says, pursue love and do not. He said, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. First Corinthians 14, one, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And then he gets into verse two about speaking in tongues. He said, for one who prays in a tongue or one who speaks in a tongue. Does not speak to men, but to God for no one understands. But in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. When you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking mysteries to God. And whatever, however, God has set it up for whatever reason, God has set it up this way. He has set it up for the beautiful gift and power of speaking in tongues to be one of the ways that builds you up. Because if you go down to verse 14 of this same chapter, he says, when I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, my mind is unfruitful. So what what is what part of you is praying when you pray in tongues, your spirit. So now go now parlay that verse over to uh, Jude, verse 20, the scripture we started with Jude, verse 20. He says praying in tongues is praying in the spirit. And look at what Jude verse 20 says, he says here in, in First Corinthians praying in tongues is praying in the spirit. But in Jude, verse 20, he says, so now build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit. So when I'm praying in tongues, my spirit is praying because the Holy Spirit is praying through me and therefore my, it's my spirit praying, not my mind. My mind doesn't understand it. But I'm built. What am I doing? I'm building myself up in what my most holy faith. How? By praying in the Holy Spirit. So when I'm praying in tongues, I'm praying in the spirit, which is accessing the Holy Spirit, is praying through my spirit. My mind is unfruitful, but my spirit is causing me to build myself up. I'm building myself up into what a house of faith. I'm making myself a house of faith. I'm building myself up in my most holy faith. And finally, number five, um, the fifth way to build yourself up is by doing your part in the body of Christ. Look, love yourself. That's the power of love. Forgive yourself. That's the power of forgiveness. Talk to yourself. That's the power of words. Pray in tongues. That's the power of the Holy Spirit and do your part in the body. That's the power of connection. And I want to show you a verse about this really important as we close in Ephesians four eleven. See, this is how you build yourself up. He gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, that for the edifying, he says, the building up of the body of Christ He says, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to fullness of Christ. As a result, as a result of what these gifts that he gave, the church, the body of Christ, the, the ministry that is that happens in the church is given as a result. We're no longer children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. He's talking about from some real serious stuff here. He said you will be tossed to and fro. You'll be immature like a child. you will be childish, immature, not childlike, which is faith, a a form of faith, but childish. You'll be you, you no longer will be children when you when you receive or when you are connected to the body of Christ no longer tossed to and fro by the winds of doctrine, because when you're connected rightly in your church, the, the accurate teaching of the God ordained church that you're that you're that you're called to will protect you from the trickery of men, from all these winds of doctrine and from uh, this the craftiness of men and the deceitful scheming that people weave into the church and weave in among Christians, especially in social media and gossip and negativity and people that want to tell you "Well, this I think this and I think that you should. There are a lot of great preachers and teachers in the body of Christ, but you will you will get misled unless you are planted in the church where you are serving because he goes on to say in verse uh, 15, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up in all aspects in Him who is the head, even Christ. Verse 16, he says, Here's how we grow up from whom the whole body being fitted together by that which every joint supplies. We're fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part. So as each of us is doing our part, that what does what it causes the growth or the building up of itself in love.